everybody. Welcome to Minivan Men. Today we're going to talk about getting our kids out of the house even when they have to drop a deuce last minute. And we're also going to talk about staying positive and motivating yourself. And then finally we're going to bring it full circle back to the deuce and talk about Maz's butt issues. It's not as gross as it sounds. Actually, it's pretty gross. Minivan Men, starting now. So... Getting everybody out of the house, I basically FaceTime every single morning around 7.15 when these kids are getting out of the house. And my poor wife, again, with not me not being there, has to get everybody ready. So everybody gets up. Her alarm goes off at 6.30. When do you have everybody get up? Wait, 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 wait. Let me get that right. You, you get on the FaceTime at 7.15 with them when they're getting ready? Yeah, just like I know that's breakfast time. Are you crazy? Are they so they this works? You're on FaceTime and they're eating and they're talking to you? Yeah, I just do quick little hello, have a nice day. Okay. Cuz I I mean, I guess your kids are a little older. Like first of all, f- phone conversations and FaceTime with me is always a disaster. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass when they're little because they're taking the camera, they're aiming it all over the place. You can't do it. Even my kids at seven years old, like making faces and and all the, the functions you don't you don't yeah. think about it on your phone, but like you give it to them and then and then they press the button that reverses yeah, they the want camera. It. You can't do you can't. It's difficult to FaceTime with a baby because they want to touch the screen. Yeah, and, and then, then they shut it off. And then they hit, it's like it's not even worth it. They hit, they hit the camera and it flips, and now you're seeing somebody else, and you're like, no. Your wife has got to hold the thing. Yeah, like if you give them the device, they're gonna screw the whole. Oh, well, you know, look, yeah. when I'm out of town and I'm sure any mothers that are listening to this or any dads that are listening, when, when the other uh, spouse is out of town, there's definitely this feeling of from the one side, the spouse that's out of town has a feeling of guilt and the spouse that's in town has a feeling of resentment. You, resentment. you son of a bitch. So yeah, look at you. So when that's I, why I said I always make sure that to complain about whatever I'm doing. So if I'm over, <laughs> if I'm in Las Vegas staying at the Cosmopolitan <laughs> Hotel by the pool, ugh, you should see the people here. This is ridiculous. Disgusting. Just boobs. Boobs. Fake boobs. Yeah. Walking around, big old. Well, see, that's the, the problem. Is like I try, I, I try to be involved, like you were saying. Like I try to do, I try to do the FaceTime because I'm thinking, well, this is. Yeah, yeah, I just want everybody to know I'm thinking of them, and I think that has been the best advice I can give for anybody who's married, newly married, relationship, even kids, no kids. The check in, the phone check in. I just want everybody to know. I care, even if it's for 30 seconds, a minute, I'm thinking of you guys, boom, here's a phone call. But there's got, but there's a strategy to it, because what I was saying, like, for example, if you check oh, in. it's a total strategy. If you, if you check in and you give the wrong, like, like what Al was just saying, what you, what you were just saying, like, if you give, if you check in and you're like, oh my God, you should be, this is amazing. This might be the nicest hotel room I've ever stayed in. I'm, it could possibly be the worst thing you could ever I, say. I'm at a private party with P. Diddy is the wrong thing to say. Yeah. Nobody needs to know who's on the guest list, yeah. how much fun you're having. It always sucks. It always sucks. This is the- I don't care where you are, what you're doing, who you're with. If she's not there, it is torture. It is and torture. And you got to remember that shit. And, and, and the thing is, and you got to listen, because whenever I do the FaceTime or any of that stuff, my wife goes right into stories about what's been going on. You know, it's like right in, and I'm like, and I'm like, okay, I just call it a check in. I don't, I don't want to have an in, in depth right well, now. Well, yeah, well, you're at the cosmopolitan pool with P Diddy. Guess who just vomited? Exactly, she's on the guess vomit story. 
Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, Lindsay Lohan just vomited too. Yeah, that's crazy it's because crazy. speaking of vomit, that people are so drunk and having such a good time over here that there's vomit happening in in a minute. So so going back to what you were saying, you're a bold man. You're checking in. You're checking in breakfast during time. crunch time. Ooh. But that's what my wife tells me. She's just you know, bad timing. Got to go. All right, everybody say hi to dad. See ya. They were late. Yeah. And then my son decides he's going to like to be, we have to get out of the house. So we timed it a lot. It takes eight minutes to drive them to school. And we have to get out of the house at 737. That's when I know anything past that, we run the risk of being late. Yeah. So usually, I mean, we can make it technically if we leave at 750 but who wants to rush like that and if there's ever any slight bit of traffic you're screwed so you know you got it all timed out once you have kids that are 10 and 7 you have this sort of routine plan but then my son still is like he'll say oh i gotta go to the bathroom the son my son does not know how to go to the bathroom quickly um, oh yeah he will sit in there you walk in, discover that he's brought an iPad in with him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's no such thing as a quick deuce. And as that. a dad, you kind of got to appreciate that because you're like, wow, that's kind of what I would be doing right now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> kind of. I'll tell you, minute no, like this morning, for example, with Dara, he woke up, like, they got, they got pretty good sleep. They went to bed at, like, 9, woke up at 7. That's 10 hours. So Mila was pretty quick up. Dara was up, but he was lingering in the bed, didn't want to open his eyes, was just, like, pulling the sheets over himself. And, you know, I wasn't getting angry. I just kept repeating his name, but it reminded... You weren't getting angry because you never get angry. But well, anyway... No, 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 a- but also because it reminded me of a young me. I'm like, oh my God, that's what I used to do. I was like, this is like, I, I, can't, I can't hate on this guy because he's doing what I would do. I'm like, you know? I can- yeah, I always find waking people up when I am there is to, with, you know, tickles. yeah. Getting everybody waking up, everybody laughing. Yeah. Um, I do these two characters, hilarious. Tickle Brothers. Ooh. Larry and Jerry Tickle. Beautiful. And they, it's my fingers, you know, they can do the walking fingers thing. Yeah. And um, those two guys, each hand, to start walking up from toes all the way to armpit. And um, they think that's hilarious. Tickle Brothers coming to wake you up. Waking you up. You know what? Now, here's the thing, though. Now, it's, it's, it, I don't know how Kristen is, but like Preetha, Preetha is uh, hyper. She's, she's hyper. Feisty. Yeah, but she's also hypersensitive about being on time. And there's this interesting thing. I like being on time, but I think, I don't know if it's a cultural thing. My dad was always on time, but I don't know for some reason. I, I've got it in my you head. Care that, less. Yeah, I'm a little bit like I'm not I'm not super late, but I'm a couple minutes late. And especially I mean, look, I know that this is you gotta teach these kids at a young age because if you put the wrong habits in now, it's gonna be bad later. But I'm thinking to myself, this is like not even kindergarten, it's preschool. So I'm like, Yeah, you know, I'll walk the kid in. I don't like to get I don't wanna get out of the car, I have to walk the kid in. But if I have to, worst case, it's all right. But Preetha is like she was I I, I thought she was gonna you know, take out a knife and stab somebody today. It was like, it like she gets so, because it gets under her, you know, she, she she's a stickler for being on time, which is a good thing. I'm not bad-mouthing her here. I'm just, yeah, yeah, but think about also the lesson that you're teaching these kids, man. It's like, no, no time doesn't matter. Yeah. Promptness doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're so nonchalant about getting to preschool on time, they're going to be nonchalant about getting to elementary school you're on right. time, you're high right. school on time. 
and now somebody has my kids had and Kristen's amazing with them and but and my son has a 4.0 has very rarely gotten anything less than a 1b plus and is amazing but I looked on the bottom of the report card there's 11 tardies wow it's a lot of tardies now she has these for the course of the year she has these kids by herself then my kid's gonna go and you know 20 minute dump right at the worst possible time and stuff like that happens and we gotta work in there but you just gotta get them up earlier and earlier and earlier but I don't want you know 11 tardies that's the thing. Not, the, 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 key, the key is getting up earlier, and that's exactly it. Like, we get up, like, the family here starts getting up around 7. Preetha, Preetha's up early, but the family starts getting up 7, between 7 and 7.20. I'm helping get the kids up if I'm in town, you know, and it's, and then, but then what you were just saying with the dump, things come up that you don't expect. Like, for example, this morning, once I got Dara up, Let's go, Dara. Daddy, I peed in the bed. All right, no problem. Let's do oh, this. Man, what's the status on that? I, I brought it up, and we're going to... What did she say? Well, she said, yeah, but, you know, because I'm out of town a lot these next few weeks and stuff, we're going to have to go get the plastic thing, and we're going to have to get into it. So it's it's the next thing on the board, which is in the next, you know, if not next couple of weeks. Just, how about don't buy a new box of pull-ups? Yeah, that's a good call. Let's run out of these pull-ups, and let's just keep going. That's what we'll do. And we'll update, yeah. we'll update the minivan fans on that <laughs> about your dad, your son's piss yeah. situation but um and then, uh, but no but but um that's so funny your wife cares about being on time oh she lo- no, concerned she, she no she's life. very she's very much about the the on time like it gets like she starts bo- like with me too like when we're going somewhere like for example she's a stickler when a birthday party starts at 11 30 she's a stickler she's like we got to be there at 11 30 and i'm like babe this is a kid's party People show up. I get at fired 12. up too, man. I but I we both, me and my wife, are both aware of time, and we both get a little antsy when it comes to that stuff. And certainly, I'm like a nervous traveler. I freak out like a promptness in the airplane and stuff like that, and having the kids with me and just makes me nervous. I'm a, you know, I'm just generally on edge. Yeah. Do you think you put Preetha in the? My category of being a little sort of, uh, you know, nervous and anxious about most things. Yeah, a little bit. I think there's a little bit of that. And I think and I think it's uh, like I said, it's interesting. I totally agree and understand a lot of this, like the school stuff. Yes, you're right. The meetings, you're right. But sometimes like if it's a birth, it's a kid's birthday. I'm like, it's okay if we get there a half an hour late. It's not a big deal because this stuff, nobody cares. Nobody's keeping track. And the parties don't really get going until a little later anyway. Yeah, yeah, who gives a shit about a kid's birthday? I'm saying, why do we care about anything? Like, I mean, and that's, you know, maybe it's a good time to take a break, but why do I care so much about time? I know it really doesn't matter. I told you the story about how I like to, you know, I'm all about, you skew the system, but at the same time, I care about time. Like, I, I really feel like I'm conflicted in a lot of this stuff because I have go through periods where I am right now. It's like, what does any of this fucking matter? Right. And, um... Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's I come mean, back. How do you, so let's take a break and let's talk about why we wake up in the morning. <laughs> Guys, thanks for all the support. Make sure to go to Facebook and go to our page under Minivan Men and like us there. You can also find that page by going to our website, minivanmen.com. And clicking on the Facebook link. See you on Facebook. 
I, I guess I'm. You always have such a positive attitude, and uh, how do you maintain that? And then why do we? First of all, we got to provide for our family, so you can't just like give up altogether. But I'm at a point right now, where it's like, man, I could just do stand up and chill out. And then there's those dudes, and comes to new material writing. You get to the point where you sort of hate your act, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got this new hour coming out. Now I got to write a whole new hour. Dude, when I... And when, that's daunting. Listen, listen. All this... Uh, first of all, I think a lot of this stuff goes... It, it's funny because what we're doing here right now is just talking uh, and also doing stand-up. Any, anything that requires you to talk about life and yourself, it becomes therapy. It really does. Like, you go into stuff. And I think a lot of what you're saying, like, for example... What I yeah, but I also sort of hate those comics. It's, it's like, you know, it's therapeutic to talk about shit, and I should probably see if I can therapist, but... Oh, didn't we talk about it? Wasn't, wasn't I going to do that? That was a New Year's resolution? You going to go see a therapist? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember. I wasn't paying attention. Um, right. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm a bad therapist. No. What yeah. I'm saying is, listen, I think that... I just think that this stuff comes... So, so for example, what, you were, what I was saying about Preetha earlier about, like, she gets nervous about time and stuff, I can directly see some of that in her mother, like I can see some of that in her past and what she grew up with that causes some of that nervousness. Um, and I think that we all can see where this stuff came into us. You know, if you go and you, you kind of dig into it. And for me, you know, I'm guessing that part of the reason that I tend to be positive a lot might have to do with seeing my father and my family have so much and then lose a lot of it, and then realizing that in the end, it's like it it, it doesn't mean anything. Like like you might be you might be P Diddy today, and it doesn't mean anything tomorrow. So so what like, happened again with your background that you well, your dad lost well, everything? Well, my dad my dad came to America. Like first of all, we had a revolution, so a lot of yeah, people yeah, from Iran lost their lives. Like I mean, it, yeah yeah, you just sort of come with. As much as you can carry with a suitcase, you know, and and yeah. uh, and and your whole world is turned upside down. For example, imagine like here we are, you and me and everyone else, you know, we're talking about whatever. Oh, my such and such stock is doing this. My you know my Apple stock's doing this. I've got my career going. Blah blah blah. And imagine if tomorrow, you know, Kim Jong Il or whatever the guy's name is, Kim Jong Un, came in and took over America and kicked all of us out, and we had to go live in Brazil where we don't speak any Portuguese, right? And it start from yeah. scratch. So that's kind of what happened. So with my dad, you know, we came, my dad actually brought a lot of money with him. Like he brought like around $8 million in the late 70s, which would be like bringing like $50 million in cash. Like he had a lot of money. And he, Jesus. Yeah, and he started buying properties and uh, was doing well. Like he would buy them and then turn around and sell them. And he's like, oh, this is great. This is easy. And then suddenly the recession of the early 80s hit. And interest rates went up. And so he was left with these properties, high interest rates. Nobody was going to buy it from him. Kind of like what's going on with a lot of people's houses nowadays. So imagine if he had several of those. So he started bleeding money. And eventually, like within the next, this is now early 80s, like within the next 10 years, he lost a lot of his money. And, um, and so he had to go back to Iran to try and see if he could free up some of his properties there. Um, and once he got to Iran, they said, welcome back but you owe back taxes for being away the past 10 years. So we're going to forbid you from doing any business or leaving the country until you pay those taxes. So now his hands were Whoa. tied and he had to find 
uh, uh, partner. He had to find some some guys who had money who could pay the fines that would partner up with him, take a portion of what he, you know, some of his properties, and allow him to, you know, live the last whatever it was, 10, 15 years of his life, basically. So it's almost like when you win something on a game show and then you got to pay taxes on it, you're really not winning anything. So here he's got all this stuff that he can't afford to keep and he's got to sell a bunch of that shit off just to pay for a couple of the things. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. And so so I saw like when my dad, by the time my father, my father passed away in 2009. He was, he, he was sick, having a lot of illnesses and he came to America to, to get treatment and he ended up passing away. Um, and, and in the process, like basically by the time my father passed away, like he, like he didn't have a penny to his name. Like he was done. Like he'd basically he'd cause, cause towards the end of his life, like the last, I would say the last like 10 years of his life around, he basically was pretty sick. So it wasn't like he was going to work or anything. He was basically living off of whatever money he had left and he lived. And the problem was that he'd always lived like a king. So even as the money was running out, he was living like a king. Like he was tipping people big, and you know, uh, you know, just you know, taking care yeah, of. Yeah, like it's hard to turn turn that guy off. You know, oh yeah, the eight million dollar, fifty million dollar guy. Yeah, impossible. Like he was still, still taking. Still wants to tip. He was still taking care of other people, like with very little money that he had left. Anyway, so long story short, I think seeing that somehow humbled me in my mentality of life, and so. Somewhere along the, I think it was a combination of that, and also when I was a kid, I remember my grandmother. At some point, my grandmother was—I think we've talked about this. She wasn't religious as much as she was superstitious. So, like, she would say, like, say the equivalent of, let's say, four Hail Marys, like the Muslim equivalent. She would say, like, if you say four Hail Marys before you get in a car, if there's a car accident, you won't get hurt. You know. And the, Which is true. Yeah, it's totally true. That, um, that or, or she would like she she would gamble. So she'd like she'd be like, you know, when I'm in the casinos, you know, I, I give a few extra hail marys so I make sure I win. You know, I mean, Yeesh. you know, so so that's who she was. But she at one point when I was probably around four or five, because I remember that being in Iran because I left around Iran when I was six. So I must have been four or five, and I think we saw like either a handicapped person or a poor person or something. And she goes, listen, whenever you see somebody like that, you need to like send like, like, you know, thank God like seven times. Just like, thank God. Anytime you see anyone that's less fortunate, like look up and thank God like seven times. So this became, this became like this habit, like this almost a a compulsion for me. Like, because there's so many, there's so much uh, uh, poverty and, 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 you know, uh, yeah, yeah. So you were doing that, and you still do that. I, well, I used to. I used to walk around like ev- all the time. God, God bless. God bless. God bless. You know, just like all the time yeah. as a kid. And I think that also helped me see how less fortunate people were. So somewhere along the lines, the combination of that and seeing how the world can turn upside down, I think mellowed me out, and it made me like you know, God forbid. Like I was just having this conversation with Greg Barrett the other day. We just shot that uh, Nick Mom thing that you did. Yeah, uh, really good guy. And we were just talking about how business, this business, like life, it's so up and down, and how nerve wracking it can be. Where you get yourself into this world right now, where, for example, kids are in private school. You got the mortgage. You've got all these expenses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not a I'm not a partner in a law firm where I go, you know, chances are this law firm will be around the next fifty years and I will have a job. You know, we I basically work freelance. Like every gig that comes in, I get paid. So 
at some point you start getting nervous and you're like, oh my God, what if, what if like this goes away, you know? And I think the key is to continue to create, to continue to push, to continue to come up with the next thing. Like I've got a, I'm trying to write a book now. I'm working on a book, you know, um, I'm working on a movie. I'm pushing, pushing, pushing. And part of that is this nervousness of like losing stuff and not being able to afford what I'm, the lifestyle that I've created. Part of it though is also what you were kind of saying is like, you know, you, you get there and you get sick of it, but you got to like, you got to reboot and you got to go, I want, I want the next thing that's going to get me excited, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's tough, man. Um, just, of course you, you work so hard and you get to this point, but, and then, you know, maintaining enthusiasm for whatever job you're in over a long period of time, you got to keep, like you said, um, resetting your expectations and, and, uh, goals and, uh, to make sure it's something that continues to interest you. Uh, again, I think that's a huge part of it. And also, yeah, being aware of the fact that we, we got a pretty good setup going on, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's a pretty sweet deal as far as comics, but uh, yeah, I feel like people that are just working regular jobs and stuff like that need to find something artistic to sort of, you know, get into. Um, because I should, I just I was I know from personal experience was so miserable working a regular job. Yeah, and it's but, hey, listen. It's, I hope it's, that's just not me, dude. I hope that I'm just not miserable. No, no, no. Listen, everything. it's not just. I think as listen as adult. Here's the thing: when you're in school, you always have you know you got a test coming up. You're on a sports team. You're in the band. You've got something. They give you deadlines. They give you things. When you're in real life, we don't have those anymore. And so, and when you're self-employed like we are, we had to direct our own yeah business. And I yeah. think, and I think it's either artistic or I think it's physical. You need to set a challenge. You need to set a goal. Whether it's like, hey, I'm going to go walk a 5K or whatever it is. You know, you got to set these things because otherwise, you're just kind of like you know floundering. You're out there doing whatever one day to the next. You need to have that thing that gets you excited. And a lot of it has to do with something that's a goal-oriented thing. And, and what's interesting for us, for example, artistically speaking, you know, when I had my specials just come out, I watched it and I was excited. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then like a second afterwards, I was like, actually, I didn't even get through it. I watched like 15 minutes and then I go, oh my God, I need to write new material. And it I was- need new stuff. That's was, where I'm at right now. Yeah. So I'm like, Ugh, panic mode. Yeah. Um, all right, well, yeah, that's good. That's helpful. Thanks, Moz. And then- um, Let's talk about how I can help you. Let's take a break. Uh, without going into too much graphic detail, we're going to talk about a uh, situation you mentioned um, <laughs> earlier. All right. All right. All right. Well, you are listening to the All Things Comedy Network. Check us out on our website, allthingscomedy.com, and follow us on Twitter at allthingscomedy. Okay, now, again, let's not get gross with it, but... I'm, we're both the same age. We graduated from high school in 1989, uh, both in pretty much the same area. We've got the same friends. We've got, uh, you know, two kids, a boy and a girl. We've got pretty much the same setup. Um, we also have the same age 
body that is starting to fall apart. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like I need to start drinking joint juice. What's joint juice? You ever see that stuff? No, I haven't seen that. What is that? There's commercials. Here. It's like, I think it's Joe Montana. That's probably why I like it. But <laughs> uh, it has, um, it's sort of uh, lubes up your bones, man. It's like, the, it really does. I feel creaking and cracking. I get stiffness and, um, yeah, body's I, starting to fall apart. It's funny. When you said joint juice, I first thought it was like weed as a juice. We drink THC liquid, man. <laughs> you great. don't even smoke it anymore, dude. You drink that shit. <laughs> That's what I thought. No, no you know, probably, I'm sure that exists. Of course. You take all of our roaches, dude, and then we make fucking just, lemonade. Just blend it. No. Blend weed. So, no, it's just, uh, it's old man stuff. And, you know, I'm going to pretty much start drinking Insures and Pedialyte and uh, drinking joint juice. That's all I'll exist on. But uh, it, it, you, you were talking about, and, um, well, it's, uh, I'm going to, again, try not to be too graphic, but an ass issue yeah. that um, you're having, which I think is another old man thing. It's like when you eat too much meat and cheese. I don't know what it is. You know what happened? This is what this this is my I, this is the overarching thing here. Okay, I got a hemorrhoid. Okay, we're gonna say that right now, and I've had this. I was and, trying to say ass issue. Yeah, ass so. issue hemorrhoid. You know. So what happens is it used to be it used to be cute because it used to itch, and I was like, oh. What do you mean it used to be? It was never cute. No, it, it, it was kind of cute. I was like, oh, my butt's itching. Ha ha ha. <laughs> you know, oh, my butt's scratching. Which, by the way, I think just cute is the wrong way. It, was, it has it, never been associated. It's like sort of an oxymoron there. Well, it mm-hmm. wasn't. It wasn't lethal. It was kind of. It was like it was. Look, listen. When you got an itch, it was minor. Yeah, it's minor. When you got an itch, itch is minor. Okay. Now it's starting to hurt. All right. And the problem is, here's the problem. I go to this doctor every once in a while. He puts a little shot in my butt, and, and it makes the hemorrhoid go down. Uh. And now, here's the thing. Let me just tell you, though. The problem is, and I think everyone can relate to this, whether you're old or young or whatever. There's... I stopped relating when you, you got to go to a doctor for a shot. Yeah, well. Because okay, well, I've never done no, no, it. I'm talking about I'm talking about when you, in, you injure, like, you, th- you would think that an injury on your, in your butt is just going to affect your butt. But it affects your whole body like when i sit it hurts when i sleep it hurts when I, it's like when you hurt like a pinky uh, and you think oh it's just the pinky then you go to like pick up a glass and you're like oh my god i can't even hold the glass uh, you know uh, to drink and then and then and then you high five somebody like oh i can't high five anybody it's this thing that you don't think about and how how uh one little thing can just take you down we'll tell you what i'm about to change your life forever um Metamucil, my friend, the orange drink, the mix, uh, two glasses a day, you will never have that problem again. But Al, that makes you, that just makes you go, right? I go like 10. It makes you go, but it makes you go easy. See, the problem is that when you get a hemorrhoid, you're sort of, you're trying too hard. And again, no detail, but you're just trying too hard. When you have Metamucil or the psyllium capsules, whatever it is, and you're taking those pills and getting a lot of fiber then you don't have to try hard at all, and it eliminates the hemorrhoid altogether. I'm telling you, dude, I go like 10 times a day, and I don't try that hard. Uh, I think my problem... No, 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 I have a good, healthy system. We can talk about these things. There's a healthy system. People out there... Listen, here's the problem in this world. I think people... Ten times is too much. Not 10 times, eight times, whatever. I'm Throughout the day, I'm going... I, I drink a lot of water. 
This system of mine, I'm lubed up. I don't know what happened. Somewhere... Oh, you do go to the... I'm telling you, you're going to the ba- I'm trying to go to the bathroom. No, I know. Bathroom. No, no, but water actually helps you. Water helps you actually with the with the pooing and stuff, too. Because I, I Try the Metamucil. That's what you need to do. If I, I tried Metamucil, our next podcast, I'd be doing out of the bathroom. Because <laughs> I'd be like, Al, I've been in this bathroom all day. I'll try it. I might try it. I might give it a shot. Try it. Give it like three days, get a couple drinks a day. I'm telling you, my brother had a major issue, surgery, the whole thing, and said that's what the doctor recommended. He hasn't had a problem since. Couple of metamucils a day. I'm going to try it. Boom. What's your Picks. What's your overarching illness that you have as you're getting older? What's your thing? Oh, my lower back is fucking killing me all the time. I'm trying to stretch it out. I probably don't drink enough water, so I'm just, um, you know. Lower back, aches and pains, knees pop. I'm always very creaky. You've heard me ever bend down. It's like, pop, pop, pop. I got <laughs> everything's cracking all over the place. Every time you bend down, there's like, uh, uh, there's uh, gangsters or, or rappers. Yeah, 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 drive-bys. Drive-bys. And I, um, you know, I got the whole thing where I, you know, I did bit my act, but over the age of 35, you wake, you hurt yourself sleeping. I do that, oh, yeah. you know, oh, just yeah. creaking and cracking all over the place. So mine is more of like stiffness, need to stretch. And I had uh, somebody look at me and just say, look, you got the body of a 72 year old man. You're just like a poor posture. You've seen me. Yeah, you got, yeah, you got stage. bad posture. You really, you should take up ballet. Yeah. I think if you got into ballet right around now, I think that could help. Yeah. All right. Well, if anybody has any advice in these areas, say go ahead and email us. I gave you my email address last time. Maz, what's yours? Where can people get a hold of you? People can get a hold of me. You can hit me at uh, uh, face. Hit me at facebook.com slash mazjobrani. I actually answer those emails. Facebook.com slash mazjobrani. Yeah, I'm on Facebook too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting back into my Facebook fan page. So I got people on there now. I'm, I'm back into it. I'm back into it all. Hit me on Twitter. At Al Madrigal, um, I respond. I respond. I think we both are, we're both pretty good at responding to people. Yeah, I'm fairly present. I just say that minivan men a Gmail account got taken. Oh, I got to take off the SoundCloud settings or something. It just got bombarded. So if you if we haven't gotten back to you on that, I apologize because just it became immediately flooded with SoundCloud people subscribing to our podcast. Um, so uh, now we're giving you the personal information. Um, yeah, hit us on both of those. All Things Comedy, speaking of Greg Barron, he's got a great podcast on there called Walk in the Room. And he's a cool guy to hang out with, right? Greg was super cool. It turns out we went to the same high school. I didn't even know that. He's, uh, oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. He's, he's a Marin dude. He's Redwood. Yeah. 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 Great guy. And, um, and yeah, man, there's, some, there's a lot of good people in this, in this world that you guys just got to take, take your time and get to know. There's a lot of good people. Good. Good people with hemorrhoids. Yeah, you got people with hemorrhoids. You, you got uh, your special? When's <laughs> your special coming out? April 26th, Friday night. TiVo that, tell a friend. Um, Comedy I'll, Central. Comedy Central. Comedy Central, 11 o'clock on Friday, April 26th. Um, cool. Check those uh, Facebook fan pages for dates and stuff like that. And um, we'll catch you guys on the flip-flop. All right, folks, thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch or find out more, you can go to minivanmen.com or contact us through our websites, mazjobrani.com and almadrigal.com. We hope to hear from you. Thanks. Thanks.